Informed Dissent, brought to you by Firearm Training Associates. Firearms Training Associates is, is a lucky company because we have been able to draft in some of the best instructors in the world. We have special operations guys, we have guys from the U.S. military, from foreign militaries that work for us. They provide a great deal of insight into self-defense. So we developed this so that our customers could come on the weekends and get the best training in the world. We pride ourselves on our civilian training. It's our armed civilian that's one of the most important things to us. We want to teach them how to survive dangerous situations. When you come through the course, as long as you're performing at a acceptable level, you're going to get a certificate that puts our stamp on it. And we take it serious when we put our stamp on there. When you get our gold label, that means that you've passed the class that you've attended. Firearm Training Associates, proud sponsor of Informed Descent. Find out more at ftatv.com. Informed Descent. The intersection of healthcare and politics with Dr. Jeff Barkey and Dr. Mark McDonald. Well, Mark, great to be with you again on another episode of Informed Descent, available on all podcast networks, including... Apple Podcast and Spotify. Welcome to 2023. Yeah, 2023. Happy New Year. And we are super excited uh, for our sponsor, Firearms Training Associates. Uh, I know you spend some time there, and uh, I've been there as well. They've got a beautiful gun range uh, and uh, very skilled trainers, as well as they sell lots of product, including ammunition and firearms. It's a, it's a great company. You should check it out. Firearms Training Associates. I actually camp out there. I, I probably spend two out of every four weekends in the Firearms Training Associates training ground where I improve my skills in pistol, rifle, and shotgun and enjoy every minute of it. For those who wish to flee the confines of leftist Los Angeles County, or for those who simply want to reinforce their already established conservative connections in Orange County and others, I highly recommend this facility because you will find like-minded people, as Dennis Prager often says, like-minded people are actually critical to good mental health. And you can speak and act freely as a rational, thoughtful, emotionally uh, reasonable uh, like-minded conservative, which is hard to come by in areas that are dominated by liberals up where I live in Los Angeles. So I think it's a wonderful place. Their website, by the way, is FTA, Firearms Training Associates, TV, T like Tom, V like Victory, dot com. And if you mention Informed Dissent podcast, they'll give you a 15% discount off all training. I'm just Whoa. kidding. I should, have, I should have done that. They, they didn't make that claim, but I bet if you do, they will. Uh, Kristen, <laughs> Kristen, who is uh, uh, the daughter of the family who runs that, um, if you uh, mention Mark or myself and that you listen to this podcast, I'm sure you will get treated like royalty. You'll call uh, their phone number to register for your class, and you'll probably be received by Cheryl, who is uh, Kristen's mother. And just mention uh, Mark and Jeff, and she'll say, oh, they're such wonderful people. What can I do for you? Yeah, exactly. So it's a, it's a great place. It's a lot of fun. And uh, not only do you have fun, but you also learn an important skill, especially in today's world. So it's, it's a good thing to do. Yeah, good family-run, honest business with good skills training. Highly recommend it. And I mean that because I actually go there very frequently. So, Mark, we were talking earlier about the collapse of the um, 
about the airline industry in the United States. Of course, you know, over the holiday period, uh, supposedly because of weather, Southwest Airlines started canceling flights left and right. And uh, Pete Buttigieg, because of some outages in computer technology, he decided that he should cancel flights across the country. What's your take on what's going on there? Well, I don't think this time he was actually busy breastfeeding his child. So... So some proposals have actually focused on cyber terrorism. I know that uh, Tucker Carlson made that proposal as an example or explanation for what's happening. Um, No real evidence of that so far. It's not that far-fetched. Three years ago, I would have said it's crazy. Now I would say, hmm, maybe. But I think objectively speaking, there's really no denying that our commercial domestic aviation system is on the verge of collapse. We have had not just significant, but major catastrophic outages multiple times in the last 12 months. Most recently, as you noted, the first time since 9-11, which is more than 20 years ago, our entire commercial aircraft system was grounded by the federal government. In my lifetime, that's only happened one time, and that was on the 9-11 terrorist attacks. This got virtually no attention outside of Fox News. It didn't even show up in my local paper here in Los Angeles, which is quite disturbing and striking, given that this has only occurred once in a generation. And what this leads me to to, to believe and to conclude is regardless of what the cause is, we don't have a real, secure, and reliable transportation network in our country any longer. I wrote about this in my Substack last week, and it's not just airplanes, it's also trains. There was an Amtrak system, uh, Amtrak train, that was stuck in the middle of nowhere on the East Coast for um, over 13 hours, to the extent that passengers were actually calling the police and saying that they were being held hostage on an Amtrak train because they didn't know where they were. This is occurring in our uh, local vehicle or vehicular transportation system as the Lyft and Uber drivers are being shut down by government mandates. Uh, Vehicles are being restricted in their use of gasoline and electricity. There is a problem with movement in this country. And I don't believe it's an accident. I truly believe that the goal here is to reduce our liberty by restricting our movements. And forcing everyone to rely on a Maoist bicycle system in your own two feet to get around. We in the United States have long supported the principle that the ability to move freely in your own city and across states is a basic right of our humanity. And it's really being deprived from us and taken from us today. And I don't believe that it's an accident. I don't believe that the elimination of our transportation system is simply due to incompetence. I believe that it's actually uh, organized, as I believe the takedown of most of our good institutions are. So uh, I think that if those of us who are interested in following what's happening in our country and where it's going, I think the transportation system is a really good barometer of the degree to which we are living as a free people. And I would say it's, uh, it's on life support right now. Sorry to say, and very sorry to be so bleak, but I think that's just the reality. You know, Mark, they made an announcement on that Amtrak train 
uh, while they were stuck there forever. And the announcement was something like, we just want to let you know that you're not actually being held hostage. <laughs> just so that you're not completely confused and misinformed that being stuck on an Amtrak train in the middle of uh, nowhere, Pennsylvania for 13 hours is not due to a terrorist attack. It's just due to, you know, incompetence or government disruption of your life. Well, thanks so much for informing me of that. You know, shortly after that, the FAA announced that they are changing the criteria upon which they accept pilots EKG. That's uh, right. The PR so interval they, increase. So the PR interval, you know, the EK, EKG, of course, electrocardiogram or ECG, is the electrical measurement of the heart's activity. It's not a great test to assess cardiovascular health, uh, but it's decent to track somebody over time to make sure that there's no changes. But in particular, there's a electrical measurement within the EKG called the, um, uh, the PR interval. And it's a critical interval. It's the interval that we look at with athletes, for example, to make sure they're not ri at risk of sudden cardiac death uh, when they're on the football field or baseball field or what have you. And by the way, this, was, this predates the COVID shot. This has nothing to do with COVID. And so the FAA comes out and says, well, just kidding, the old guidelines are no longer in effect. We're allowing for a more uh, liberal interpretation of the EKG so we don't have to disqualify more pilots uh, from flying. And it, it went kind of under the radar. Few people like Tucker and others commented on it. And the FAA never explained themselves. Why are they allowing a less stringent EKG reading for the people that are supposed to keep our planes up in the damn air when we're flying on the airplane? It doesn't make any sense. They're doing it so that, A, we can continue to man aircraft with people who are currently alive but may not be at the end of the flight. And uh, second, to normalize cardiac pathology specifically in airline pilots. And this normalization of pathology is widespread and it expands beyond the national commercial airline aviation industry. The normalization of accepted pathology is one of the phenomenon of 2022 and now entering into 2023, such as, for example, myocarditis in children, meaning death of cardiac tissue, death of heart tissue, in children who are otherwise healthy is now considered to be a seasonal event, sort of like allergies or asthma. The pathologic state of a mechanical or electric deficit in a healthy pilot is now considered to be perfectly fine and reasonable. The increase in cancers in autoimmune disorders among a population that is very, very low risk at very low risk of these uh, these diseases demographically is considered to be now normative. There's been a redefinition of our medical norms, just as there's been a redefinition of our social norms. Wearing a diaper on your face is now considered to be completely normal and not pathologic or a sign of, of temporary insanity or uh, psychosis. Uh, wearing skirts if you're a man such as Brad Pitt, is considered to be uh, fashion-forward as opposed to demented and sick. Uh, the um, enticement of young boys, if you're a gay couple who fosters children and wants to have anal sex with them on a regular basis, is you know, just 
totally fine now because it's man-boy love. We're basically redefining everything that is sick, perverse, and destructive and dangerous as completely fine and normal. And the PR interval change by the FAA is, is, is good evidence of that. This is something that needs to be both publicized, addressed, and attacked and exposed as a lie because it's putting us at risk. It's putting us at risk of downed aircraft. It's putting us at risk of death. It's putting us at risk of essentially becoming a third world country. And we're halfway there already. Uh, I feel like I'm living in a third world country here in Los Angeles. And I have really um, no reason to believe that we're not going to become uh, a first world country again very soon. We, we are, we are, and I travel a lot, we are no, really no better than many of the nations that I have visited in the last two or three years in terms of corruption, violence, uh, poor infrastructure, and uh, hopelessness of economic improvement. Welcome to 2023, Jeff. Well, um, you know, as you've described yourself before as a dissident, how do you stay positive? <laughs> well, um, I have a, a, a bottle of uh, Wairo River Chardonnay, I'm sorry, Sauvignon Blanc 2021 from New Zealand, which helps for a brief period of time. I'm not advocating alcoholism, but, but certainly... Um, uh, temporary pleasures are quite important. There really isn't much reason to be positive, uh, and not necessarily that we need to be positive. I think we need to be realistic and we need to have an action plan. But I, I really don't see much evidence of improvement so far in 2023. There are a few symptoms or signs of that. For example, we have 20 very brave and, and, uh, virtuous principled legislators in Congress this year who did help they, they really did hold Mitch McConnell the uh, the majority speaker Republican speaker to account uh, to start to push back against some of the political overreach of the Democrats that was a positive uh, I have seen some mild uh, temporary progress of, of forward movement here in Los Angeles politically there is um, uh, certainly some some modest signs of people pushing back against the lies from 2020 and 2021 and 2022 and a rejection of the idea that somehow the government and experts are really the only people that we should be beholden to to making decisions but but this you know if you weigh the scales is is really a very modest influence compared to the continuing march towards what I would say is, is strictly speaking, totalitarianism here in this country. The CDC uh, just announced recently, I think within the last few days, that they're going to fold in the Wuhan virus mRNA injection slash fake vaccination into the annual immunization schedule of flu shots. And they're just going to make it sort of par for the course. You go to the doctor, you get your flu shot, you get your your uh, your Chinese shot. And nobody seems to be standing up against this. Uh, very little is happening uh, in the world of transgenderism, of uh, betrayal of our trust in education. Uh, our open borders in the, the Texas, Arizona area are now allowing over a quarter of a million illegal aliens, including pedophiles, terrorists, and uh, other criminals to cross in every month, which is a historical high. Uh, we're economically deprived. We don't have eggs, Jeff. If you want to make an omelet, you can't actually find eggs unless you own chickens. 
yourself. And if you want to buy eggs, forget Trader Joe's. Go to Whole Foods. You might be lucky to get a six-pack. And if you're really, really in the rich, you could get a 12-pack for $10. That's the price of a dozen eggs now at Whole Foods, $10. It's almost $1 per egg. When you can't buy eggs in the United States, something is seriously wrong. So I would challenge anyone who says that 2023 is off to a bright start as being diluted or counterfactual. You know, Mark, I've asked our uh, producers, Beth and Doc, to find me a co-host that has a more positive attitude on life that can be uplifting and uh, optimistic. You know, I know you, I know you admire and have read Jordan Peterson's uh, books and his original 12 rules for life. There's a rule, and I'm paraphrasing, I don't remember it exactly. And I happen to be uh, a lover of cats, as I think you are as well. And there's something that he says, it, it's something like, if you encounter a cat, you know, pet a cat if you encounter them on the street. And he talks a little bit about pain and suffering, and he and his family have, has gone through a lot. And, and what he says basically is this, that when you're going through a very difficult time, you need to shorten your time frame and have distraction in your life, meaning if you look so far ahead, it can cause a lot of despair and pain and suffering. If you look just right in front of you for the next minute of something that you can do to accomplish to make your life and maybe those of other people a little bit better, it, it helps you get through the day, especially if you're in chronic pain. Even if it's just a moment of time that you can find a bit of joy or happiness like petting that cat. So I know personally, li listen, I see patients almost every single day. I have a very robust Instagram account um, where every morning, as a matter of fact, I'm wearing a sweatshirt, morning message. I record a morning message, something about holistic health and how you can better your life from a health standpoint. So we both are blessed as physicians that we get to actually help real people almost on a daily basis. And I think it's important for anybody that's looking at the, the horizon of horrific occurrences, both in the United States and the world, to try to refocus sometimes a little bit locally and in their own life. Where can they make a difference in somebody else's life? Who can they reach out to to help? What can they do today to better a relationship with somebody in their life, a, a kid, a spouse, uh, a friend, a family member, et cetera, and, and look for those small steps that they can take to make a little bit of a better difference. When we try to look globally and how can I fix the United States or how can I correct the ills of the world like we've tried to do on the medical freedom fight, sometimes you just get so depressed that you want to give up and thank God that God created whiskey because it makes things a little bit easier. But I try to, on a daily basis, make a difference in one person's life, whether it's even on social media where I can help somebody solve a problem that they're struggling with or in person with a patient who has an issue that I can guide them in a right direction, head them in a positive place that maybe they feel better or some sort of intervention that helps them. I want people also not just to focus on the horrid nature of what's going on in our country, the aviation, the healthcare industry, every single industry. You mentioned eggs. <clears throat> you know, I posted the other day on Instagram about Billy's Egg Farm in Chino, California, pasture-raised, organic, 
um, antibiotic-free, etc. Here's one guy who's making a difference. He sells his eggs below cost at uh, versus the um, the supermarkets, and and they're they're delicious. I've got about a dozen of them sitting in my refrigerator. So while we talk kind of off the cuff about how horrible things are, I think it's also important that people realize that you can create a difference locally in the lives of people that you come in contact on a daily basis. And just ignore what Mark is saying. He's just a curmudgeon. Don't listen to him. We'll find somebody positive to replace him soon. Read my book, Freedom from Fear. I had a complete transformation between my first book, United States of Fear, which described the catastrophe that has befallen our nation as a whole, i.e. macro level, and my book from late last year, late 2022, which was about the importance, as you said, Jeff, of thinking and acting locally, meaning you can't change the tide, you can't shift the movement of the ocean, but uh, you can change your own toilet. And it's very important to note that you have control over your behavior, your actions, your words, how you wake up in the morning, whether you make your bed, what you eat for breakfast, uh, whether you take a walk before you go to work and enjoy the sunshine, how you prepare your wind-down time at night, whether you meditate, whether you pause uh, and reflect on what you've accomplished during the day. These are things that are within your control. And these are things that you can do to minimize the fear-mongering, the mass injection of paranoia and distress and infighting that we receive every single day, all day long on our phones, on our computers, on billboards, on messages at the gas station. I mean, we were inundated with this nonsense. And so I think that in the midst of what seems to be, as Brent Hemichek would say, an unwinnable battle, meaning you cannot actually conquer evil, what you can do is you can manage your own little world. Um, Voltaire described it in Candide as attending to your own garden back in the, I believe it was the 1700s. And I think that still bears, bears true today. Uh, when you don't feel that you are winning the battle on a global or, or national level, you can at least uh, take action in your own little battle in your own life. And, and that actually does have meaning and it can actually affect yourself uh, in a sort of a, a mentally and emotionally healthy way. So I don't think it's a, it's, a, it's a bad idea. I think it's actually in some cases, particularly in the darkest of times, and I think we are entering uh, a very dark time, perhaps the only way to uh, resist that uh, extinguishment of light. And Mark, what do you do personally to try to maintain a positive attitude, to find the courage to go on, to continue to fight, to battle, and, uh, and to try to attain some level of happiness? I practice exactly what I recommend to my patients. I, in, in, in any day that I'm remotely able to do this, I spend at least 20 minutes outside walking in sunlight and I practice somatic meditation for 15 to 20 minutes, which is a focus on the sensations in your body while standing, going from head to toe and toe to head in a scanning motion, particularly at the start of the day with no phones or other distractions, just to organize your awareness and your thoughts. And I also use a uh, bullet journal, 
which is um, a practice that was actually suggested to me or introduced to me uh, by another uh, podcast host, uh, a book written by Ryder Carroll. And it really helps to keep your sense of purpose and your, I would say, accountability for what you've accomplished and what you haven't accomplished on a written page in a physical book that you can carry with you, not a phone, uh, not an app, but something that you actually have on you, which allows you to take control and see the effects of your small actions on your day-to-day life. These are things that you can actually do. Getting outside, walking, moving, focusing on what you're putting in your body through your food intake, meditating, and keeping track of your tasks and events, and making note of what you've achieved and what you haven't. That will give you some sense of purpose and guidance and meaning for the day-to-day. Not the long the long term, but as you were saying uh, earlier when we spoke with another guest, managing like in AA and recovery programs, one day at a time, because that's sometimes all that you can do. And, and that's okay. Yeah, no doubt. Here, here are some of the things, and I've uh, posted about this a lot. Uh, if any of our listeners are interested, Rx for Liberty Instagram, I have a morning message that I post uh, pretty much every morning. Um, where it's a health-related topic of how to be positive, of how to take care of yourself. Um, But here's what I try to do, and I preach this, and I'm not perfect at it, but I try to do the best I can. And that is, um, I started a meditation program about a month and a half ago. I use the Calm app, and they have a daily Calm. It's on the iPhone. There's others. I find this one useful. There's lots of different meditations. It's a guided meditation because I'm not skilled enough to do it on my own. So you close your eyes and somebody leads you through a meditative process. I've also started a very robust prayer life. I think a belief in a higher power, a belief in God can be very helpful. Understanding that you actually aren't in control and trying to live your life the way God or whatever your belief system uh, leads you and uh, and tells you how to live. Um, I also think that spending time in nature, there's a concept called grounding. You take your shoes off, you walk on the grass or in dirt or even on the ground. There's a magnetic field that encompasses the earth and a spirit, if you will, and getting in touch with nature. It can be at the beach, it can be in the forest, it can be in the mountains, wherever you happen to live. Sunshine. We have been taught, and I think, uh, unfortunately, unhealthfully so, that the sun is bad for us. And I see almost universally people that are deficient in vitamin D because they've avoided the sun because they've been told the sun is bad. In fact, the opposite is true. The sun is good, it's healthy, and it's necessary. Now, I don't mean getting sunburned, but I mean spending some time in the sun, especially early morning sun without your glasses on, is very helpful, very healthy, resets your circadian rhythm. It stimulates your pineal gland to produce melatonin. uh, And it's important. We've been slathering on endocrine disrupting sunscreens to avoid the sun. We're seeing increased cancer rates in part because vitamin D levels are decreasing. 
I also try to exercise almost every day, not every day, but almost every day. And exercise is important for the body and for the soul. Uh, healthy eating and avoiding toxic substances that are in almost every food that we eat if we're not careful and we don't read the label. The other that I think is critical for anybody that's struggling with depression, with anxiety, with despair, or whatever it is, is find somebody else to help. Find somebody that needs help, that's in a worse situation than you, or is struggling in any way and reach out and help them. There's a saying by Ralph Waldo Emerson that I read years ago that I've saved that has really impacted me. And it goes something like this. Um, it is one of the most beautiful compensations in life that no man can sincerely try to help another without helping themselves. And so you and I are lucky that our occupation happens to be in line with that, that every day I, give, I get an opportunity to sit and listen and try to use my wisdom and experience and skill to make a difference in somebody else's life, both in person and even on social media. And I never thought it was actually a thing, but it actually is a thing. So I've got a lot of people that reach out to me on social media that ask questions about holistic health mental health, and so forth. And our ability to make a difference in, in the lives of others is almost limitless, and it helps us by helping others. So those are some of the things I do on a daily basis to try to maintain my mental health because it's an insane world out there, and I'm not sure it's getting any better. I really don't think it's getting better. I hope it does. I pray it does as our licenses are at risk in California, and I look to other states as possible escape pods, whether it's Texas or Tennessee or Florida or all the usual places. Croatia. I hope that, or Croatia. <laughs> <laughs> I hope that's not the case, because living in Southern California, we've got the most beautiful weather on planet Earth, or Doc, Doc and Beth live, of course, in South Carolina. So those are some of the things I try to do to stay positive. Uh, to maintain my mental health, and uh, and then of course in the evening there's always a little bit of whiskey and my and my beautiful <laughs> cat <laughs> that purrs in my lap and, and doesn't know any different. <laughs> well, don't don't count out Croatia. I, I I think I'd actually rather be in Split than in South Carolina. You still have good uh, access to guns and excellent weather. It's Mediterranean, which it's not in the rest of the country. Uh, everybody that I know in the East Coast keeps wanting to convince me to move to Florida, but I just don't see how I could live in uh, a rainforest full of bugs and reptiles. It just doesn't really appeal to me. I was born and raised in California. I love the Mediterranean climate. I love the Mediterranean uh, food and access to water uh, and living in a landlocked uh, bug-infested zone um, which, of course, Florida is not landlocked, but most of the rest of the country is, uh, does not really appeal to me. Um, so I think if I were to move and leave Los Angeles, it would probably be somewhere far, far away, uh, probably a former Bosnian Republic. Yeah, no, I, I hear you and I understand. And hopefully you'll buy a house big enough with a little guest house and I can come. <laughs> <laughs> you can buy a lot of property in Croatia for a very small amount of money. And hopefully they've got good internet connection so we can continue to do informed dissent uh, from, <laughs> from two different continents.
<laughs> they have excellent internet service. I could probably purchase a lovely uh, ranch house with multiple bedrooms and a vineyard in the backyard for less than the cost of an ADU here in Southern California. Yeah, of course. So Mark, where can people learn more about you and follow you if they choose to do so? Um, go to satan.com. <laughs> 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 no, that's that, 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 that site was taken, unfortunately. So I had to settle for Dissident MD, uh, which is where I publish all my substacks. I'm sure everyone that's listening has already read my books. But if you're interested in subscribing to for free uh, to my weekly purge called Substack DissidentMD.com, just go to um, my website, DissidentMD, and you can uh, read my rants and ravings on my Substack Dissident MD, and also uh, my posts on Facebook and Twitter. Despite the fact that the California Medical Board has threatened my license due to posting uh, cartoons on Twitter in 2021, imagine that you could lose your medical license for posting cartoons on Twitter. I am still alive and well on most social media platforms other than LinkedIn, which has permanently banned me. And uh, I still do uh, put up uh, research, images, and uh, commentary on things that I think are compelling and important. And all of that can be found on dissidentmd.com. And you're still seeing patients as well? Yes. Yes, I am, actually. I'm seeing uh, my existing patients. I'm not accepting new patients because my practice is fairly, fairly full. Uh, but I am seeing uh, existing patients and those that are still with me after three years of this insanity tend to be people that are reasonably like-minded. I think the people who are uh, completely opposed to normalcy and rationality have recognized that that is a prerequisite for work with me and they have gone elsewhere and have hired doctors for the stars where they can pay uh, several times more money to be lied to and treated like um, incontinent infants. Good luck to you and then good riddance. So the ones that stay with me are people I respect and, uh, and wish to work with. And um, if and when uh, normalcy returns and Los Angeles becomes a, a reasonably viable community, I, I might actually reopen my practice and start accepting new patients. But I'm not making that promise yet. Yeah, I love it. And as you know, I've sent you several emails from people wanting to join your practice that, that have folks that uh, want a good psychiatrist and so far, they haven't been able to get in. They haven't been able to get through your, your firewall. I unfortunately, or fortunately, depending on your perspective, do have a, a fairly strong block against uh, new patients. I'm not certainly not taking any more therapy patients because of the amount of time and effort and work that's involved. And also, I do a lot of traveling now, and uh, I insist on seeing therapy patients at least once a week. And I simply can't offer the level of care and, and dedication that I would I would need to for them. Um, but I, I may accept some more medication only patients who I see every two or three months uh, if I feel that uh, uh, I can continue to do good for them and I have the time in my practice. Yeah, absolutely. And for those that are interested, you can follow me on Rx for Liberty. Um, uh, Instagram is where I spend most of my time. I've got a website with the same name. Uh, rxforliberty.com where my Instagram morning messages are also posted. And if you do, and you're a new follower, please private message me uh, that you listen to our podcast and uh, I'd love to hear from you. And my goal there on Instagram is to create better health and, uh, and give you advice on how to do that. You've been listening to Informed Dissent with Dr. Jeff Barkey, board certified primary care physician and Dr. Mark McDonald. 
board-certified child, adolescent, and adult psychiatrist. Informed Dissent, the intersection of healthcare and politics.